Hi, uh, this is Mark Archer from Alternate. Hi, this is Ian from Dream Frequency. This is Slipmat, and you're in tune to the On The Rave. On The Rave. On The Rave! Podcast. Watch your bass spins, I'm telling you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen of the internet. I am a very sweaty man in a very sweaty room in Biker, who's very. already went through three t-shirts today. Gav. And I am the ghost that walks, and I'm going to summon the power of 25 staffies for this podcast. I'm Addy. <laughs> and you're tuned in once again to the On The Rave podcast. <sighs> Addy, how's it going besides Wham? It's hot! It's hot. It's hot as a motherfucker! It is, yeah. We're recording this on Bank Holiday Monday, and it's been a glorious Bank Holiday weekend. And now we're three men in a very small room. Yeah, spoilers there. We're going to have another interview for you. But first, It's hot and sexy. Yeah. Hot damn summer in the city. But what we'll do is we'll start these podcasts the way we always start these podcasts. Bit of reverse choice. And this time it was won by a friend of the podcast, a longtime fan of the artist, a yeah. longtime fan of the night that we're doing this all in association with. Uh, John, how? Thank you very much for your recommendation. Lovely shout out to you, big man. And this is the lovely, wonderful Sounds of Eden. See, every time I see her, it's every time. 
The Riff Podcast is available absolutely everywhere mm-hmm. to download and you can get in touch with us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, yep. facebook.com forward slash on the rave. You can find us on Twitter at on the rave. You can find us on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash on the rave. We are on Instagram. That's my favourite one then. Where you can find us on the rave with Addy and Gav where you can see pictures of what Addy's been doing during the week. Shenanigans. Shenanigans. Uh, we are powered by Podbean and fueled by Basement Snacks. Don't forget that you can go into Ridley Place, wander down that spiral staircase, and scream at Dom's on the rave, and she will give you ten percent off all oh, of your cookies oh, and oh, snacks. Oh, oh goodness! Good. Oh, it's good. Ah, there's now like starting off a podcast and a day of sunshine. It's a perfect tune for the day. It is, if we were sitting in a room. If we, right, exactly, we need to be in a field somewhere listening to something yeah, like this. With don't we? a quiet field. A quiet field. Or like what Linda's phone's going to be. No, it's going to be When I get that fucking, that fucking horn that I can see over there. Oh, that's it. I'm going to have to get like thumbprint ID on it or something like that. Beep, beep, beep. Yeah. You are, you are not calm. <laughs> Rejected. Sound, but in the la- well, sorry, as we said, that was Sounds of Eden. That was picked by John Howe. Oh. Thank you very much for getting in touch. And Sandy bigged up that one in the comments. Yes. Uh, as soon as it popped up. So. It, was a, it was a popular choice. It, it was surely was. It was. It was a popular one. Hey, in the last show, as you know, we were giving away a pair of tickets to go to the Detox on September the 13th in Newcastle. And we have a winner. Um, Mark Story, thank you very much for getting in touch. Posting multiple times on the wall. You really wanted those tickets, so you really, really won them, mate. I'll send you a DM and we'll work out how to get the tickets to you. I'll read proper kosh and I'll... Congratulations! Watch. Congratulations! Um, free entertainment and that. But hey, why don't we crack on and actually get this interview started? Um, we sat in the room by with the the granddaddy of detox, um, uh, Dave. How's it going? I'm closer than you think. Yeah. <laughs> Lean in to shout at everyone. That was uh, that was Dave cracking his. Uh, Dave, I how's it going? Thank you for coming on. And now uh, we're gonna. It is hot, isn't it? Yeah. I'm melting literally. Way. <laughs> Dave melting. Yeah. <laughs> 
got the got the puns on already, Lou. Get the fuck in. So, Dave, do you want to tell everyone a little bit about what you do? Um, <coughs> uh, maybe for those who are uninitiated or people who aren't from the area, tell them a little bit about detox. What 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 the fuck's detox and who the fuck's Dave Mill? It's kind of like a hobby that went uh, successfully sideways. So, <laughs> it started off as a, a nothing more than a idea to run a 21st birthday party for uh, Static, my younger brother. Big up Andy Static! Big up Andy Static. And um, the first one got such a good response, we decided to continue running it a bit more regularly. And then it just got more and more and more and more popular. But due to the kind of like serious shortages of uh, good venues in Newcastle. It's a, it's a controversial subject on this podcast. We, we talk about it. We, we, start, we started there. Uh, well, I started coming up with the idea of doing random um, locations and putting on like a rave bus to them and everyone told us it wouldn't work. No more so than uh, Brother Static himself. <laughs> we started doing like castles and cinemas and fire stations and river cruises and then it just built up a bit of a cult following like that. But the emphasis used to be on like the local talent and then we'll put on more and more headliners. But it's just basically... I view it as like the most mental Star Wars party in town. If if it were, if it, if it was a film scene, it would be like the Cantina. Oh, from Mos Eisley. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's up because Mos Eisley got played on the last show. Didn't <laughs> it? Did. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, most events don't probably see eighteen months, and we've now been going about eighteen years. So we must be doing something broadly right. But I've never really seen it as like, kind of like to make money off. It was more done as kind of like, even if we lose money. As long as everyone had a fucking amazing time, then um, I, I would walk away happy. And yeah. I'd rather have less people there and sounder people than it'd be like, you know, thousands there and there'd be loads of tits. Yeah. So. That's the thing with detox. It's always got a good vibe, hasn't it? Yep. Um, I had some good nights in my life at those detox parties. Well, I mean, we're flown by the seat of our pants sometimes because sometimes like... <laughs> people kept getting picked up with like detox tickets in their pockets off the police in Newcastle oh. and every time they got asked to turn their pockets out they had detox tickets on so we ran a couple of years where like we're basically fighting a rear guard action where the police were like trying to shut me down yeah, probably because of the one we did underneath the cop shop on Market Street in Newcastle yeah. at the fire station that they actually signed the license off for but didn't realize they were signing the license off for are you swindling people out of licenses, Dave? Is that, is that what he's telling me? No, we just we just use these graphic designers to kind of like do like like put on like an arty farty event, which is really like a kind of like a full on rave underneath Market Street Police Station, yeah. and they came in to like shut it down, but then realised they they had actually rubber stamped the license, so they couldn't shut it down. Loopholes and all that. So I don't think they were very impressed. No, you've got to you've got to love a bit of a, a loophole like. So on September the thirteenth. Yeah, Friday, September the thirteenth. Yeah, you've got the eighteenth birthday. Yeah, so what we've done is we've decided to do that at the Cosmic Ballroom, purely out of kind of like, when we do a bigger lineup, it 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 needs to be a bit safer because I've had so many venues kind of like go south on work and like bump work, that putting a lot of money behind the lineup, if if we ended up getting it cancelled, I start to lose like a lot of money. So, but that potentially will be like the last i think it'll be the last nightclub one we'll do because we just get like really really fed up of like doing conventional uh conventional raves. city spaces yeah yeah it needs to be something unusual to keep me maintain me interest for, right. for another 18 years yeah <laughs> so you have detox get to 36 and we're all fucking like 60 year old ravers <laughs> <laughs> it'll not be called detox then it'll be called zimmer frame yeah <laughs> i'll have a one made out of light sticks Senecots or something like that. Because every woman you offer them. 
Right, sweet. Well, that's a little bit about Detox. Um, we'll probably talk about it multiple times over the day because me and Addy are going to be playing as well. We certainly are. Um, we're making some noise in that. <laughs> but let's crack on and get this list going, eh? So let's uh, talk about... yeah, yeah Early influences. Yeah, early influences. So who played the music in the house? What was going on? Um... The, the first music I heard in the house is stuff like by Electric Light Orchestra, like big orchestral stuff, Beatles, like that my dad was playing. Yeah. So stuff like kind of like, and this I'm not just saying this is a cliche, but stuff like uh, like the Abbey Road stuff, Revolver, and then like the big overblown, like out of the blue stuff by Electric Light Orchestra. That's kind of like my kind of like influences. So I'm like into big, like big production, big sounds. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Um lots going on in the kind of like background um but then in more kind of recent times kind of introduced to stuff like prince and the revolution through my uncle and that you know like from around about like the time of like the 1999 album right um that's that was a bit later when it comes to prince wasn't it yeah, like? yeah 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 um so where was it played like was it on the did you listen on the radio did someone have a collection of records no or? no they all had vinyl collections i mean like my dad my dad had like a massive beatles collections but he you know he sold them all to buy like a scooter that he used to zip around biker on huh. till he crashed into some woman and he went over over our bonnet and ended up with a full mouth of gold teeth way before like goldie made it uh fashionable full, full school <laughs> bloody hell so um basically he's only got a few of them left and uh like Static's got them vinyls up at his house where he's moved to in Scotland. But my uncle's got a massive vinyl collection, everything from like Talking Heads to like Prince to like Prefab Sprout. Yes. I mean, Jesus. Prefab Sprout, local yeah, boy yeah, as well yeah, from yeah. Prefab Sprout. His, his, and I used to like sneak in and like like just just pour over the album covers. And uh, when he'd come in from work, because this was like when I was really like young, he'd be like, who's been touching my record collection? Because you had be like, put them back in order. And I'd be like, no, no, I haven't been in yet. He goes, I know, I know, I know which, I know, I know you've been touching because I know which, I know which artists you like. And them ones are moved. Oh, kidding. <laughs> so you'd absolutely got caught doing that. Like, yeah, Barnes I think everyone had dead a, to rights. Yeah, I think everyone had to dig through the Ben, like through their uncles or through their father's record collections like that. They were always just like, mysterious object records weren't they you can never work out why like because obviously now you see the value of a record and it's like not just the cost value it's the emotional value yeah of a record and stuff like that well, I, held, I held a vinyl up for my son and i says do you know what one of these is and he says is it called a stereogram <laughs> and i'm like do you not know what one of these is he says i think there's music comes from it <laughs> Well, he's on the right direction. Yeah. It could have been worse. He could have said, "Is that a physical MP3 or something like that?" He liked messing with them, <laughs> like like spinning the road and making this mixing with them. Yeah. Actually, mixing or just making scratchy noises. Just uh, there was this four hero record, Le Fleur, which has got like a massive siren in the middle, and you just like <laughs> just yeah backwards and forwards across the siren. <laughs> right sound. Um, so of all of the early bits of music and stuff like that that you were listening to, is there one track that particularly stands out that you like to play for everyone? Um, yeah, yeah, there's um, the big big artist that had a, like, a big influence on us, probably all the Frankie Goes to Hollywood stuff, more to do with like the, the huge soundscape of the production like that Trevor Horn used to do. And like I remember here, like Relax by Frankie Goes to Hollywood for the first time on top of the pops and it just like blew us into next week. And then bought what what one of these things called like a 12 inch record Ooh, what's one of these oh it's got an extended version on what is this like an extra few little seconds in the middle to coin like an extra two quid out you which most like extended mixes were at the time right but then you'd buy their 12 inches and they were just like a complete different artistic 
reworking completely different track just totally defined like what a 12 inch should be before like anyone else was doing that and so like there was like the sex mix or the 12 inch mix of relax was just like something like epic that i've never heard before yeah sweet well let's get it on then i don't think we'll play well <laughs> there's no no i don't think and we'll definitely not don't play frankie goes to hollywood definitely not um, this is like a remix of one of their most epic tunes that's probably played on the radio every day uh, this is the sex mix of Relax.
there we'll go. A little bit of Frankie. Yeah. Frankie goes to Hollywood. That was the sex mix of Relax from all the way back in 1983. Fuck me, that's as old as me. That is as old as me. Fucking hell. Does that make you feel old? <laughs> no, it's from all the way back then. Makes you feel sexy. Makes you feel... <laughs> <laughs> uh, in any case, let's crack on with the finding your own feed section. So, maybe after the music that was pushed on you by the family and by your perverse addiction to pulling your uncle's records out of collection and pulling, pulling your uncle's in. 12 inches yeah, exactly. out of his sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> um, what sort of music did you start like seeking out for your own? Uh, again, Prince, because right about the time I started buying vinyl, um, it, it was like, probably like the classic year, 1984, where there was so much like good 80s music around and Purple Rain had just come out, but I didn't... We get introduced to that album. The first track I heard off that album was probably like "Let's Go Crazy" by Prince. And what what really caught us about that is like the big like introduction that sounded as if it was almost like he was some kind of high priest in the DJ pulpit giving some kind of sermon. Like dearly beloved, we are gathered here today <laughs> to get through this thing called life. And then beyond that, seven years later, Carl Cox has put it into mixes yeah. at the Resurrection, and it just like you know, like just the whole connection blew my mind, which is why I've kind of cited Let's Go Crazy. Just a pure fusion. I mean, it's like cited as a dance track, but it's just like so full-on rock and guitars and metal. It, it, it's like, you just, like you've got this like funk brother who just threw everything into the mix. <laughs> he did just throw a bit of everything but in. But really, like... it's like still seen as like a classic dance track, but overlaid with loads and loads of metal and screaming guitars. I think the more different genres you cover in a song, the more like reach it's yeah, got, yeah. the more people you appeal to. It is. People pick up, pick out the whatever little bit that they like it very well. It's a good track for that. That's it. Remember the Bjork album from a couple of years ago when they played it on BBC. The last thirty seconds is like a break call loop. Yeah, it's was, a bit insane. Is that the Carvalho thing? I don't know. Don't know. Um, it might have been. Carvalho did work with her for a little bit. Eee, I don't know. Maybe we'll check the internet and find out for you by the time we're doing another show. But, but this yeah. is obviously when Prince still had his revolution with him. He wasn't ah. just a symbol. <laughs> this is well before he'd become the symbol. One could argue that Prince has always been a fucking symbol. <laughs> but he's um, I mean, yeah, it was still when he had his revolution with him, but essentially it was him like writing, arranging, producing everything. But I guess kind of like 1984s Purple Rain stuff is he's um, still perceived as his like seminal era of yeah. when he kind of like broke through big time and won all the Grammys and that. But have you seen the movie? Yeah, it's unbelievable. Especially when he uh, gets his girlfriend to tr to purify ourselves in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. Very impressive. It's a, it's a, it's a weird thing, isn't it? Like? And not getting his motorcycle seat all wet. Do you reckon he saw, like, Yellow Submarine or some of the movies the monkeys did and was like, I'll bring that ten years forward and I'll redo that in a princey way? <laughs> I think he just wanted to cast as many beautiful women as possible and get them to take their clothes off in a film. Possibly, like... I always wondered how he, you know when he had like the frilly cuffs on the end of his sleeves. I always wondered how he played the guitar properly like that, because you'd imagine even some sort of clip. He looks, <laughs> I thought the sleeves were a bit of a clip. You're right, Eddie. But yeah, yeah. Uh, but in any case, so um, I tell you what, that's why don't we just keep that one short and sweet? Seeing as you talked about the song the whole way through, crack right on with it. So not for the first time, for the second time on the podcast, we're going to play some Prince, um, and this tune is called "Let's Go Crazy." Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Electric word, life, it means forever, and that's a mighty long time. But I'm here to tell you, there's something else. The afterworld. 
A world of never-ending happiness. You can always see the sun. Day or night. So when you call up that shrink in Beverly Hills, you know the one.
well, that was more Prince for everyone on the podcast. We do like Prince. We, we, we get quite a bit of Prince play, don't we? Yeah. My favourite's Raspberry Beret. I'm not. Oh, like, I do love playing Raspberry Beret. Out. It's yeah, one of, it's one of our filth tunes. It's one of your, yeah, it yeah. goes. It always like pulls the crowd in. Yeah. It? Like, a, I've got the twelve inch Raspberry Beret as well. Yeah, it's always a winner on the dance floor though. Yeah, yeah, I think that winner, winner, chicken dinner always puts a smile on my face. Um, and do you know what else puts a smile on my face, Addy? Going to raves and hearing about people's first rave memories. Oh, that's a good segue. That I thought you were talking about wanking. Oh, <laughs> do you know I've been partial to them in the past. I did. I've been partial to them in the past. The moment, moments of self-indulgence, one might say. Um, but yeah, it's time to talk about first rave memories. So, uh, do you specifically remember the first one, Dave? Can you remember? Yeah, basically, I used to work with this uh, girl at. Uh, this retailer called CNA, who don't, they're not in the UK now. No, no, they're in Holland. They're in, in Holland. They're still open in Holland. In, uh, I, saw one, I saw one in Rotterdam. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember she, she says, oh, you've got to go to this thing. And I was like, what is it? It's like a nightclub. And she's like, no, it's called a rave. And I was like, what's that? And she's like, you've just got to go. I'll sell you a ticket. She says, it'll be like nothing you've ever been to. And I was like, all right, okay. So I bought this ticket for this thing called Resurrection 5. And I was like, what's this? Who are these DJs? Carl Cox, never heard of them. Joey Beltram, never heard of them. Bass Generator, never heard of them. It's like 1991, summer 91, just finished year levels. And uh, I was like, right, okay, yeah. I bet this is good. Yeah, this is really going to change my life, whatever. So walking into the annals, that's the, the Mayfair. Down the or, stairs. Or down the stairs, all I can hear is this like pounding beat coming closer and closer and closer. And I'm like, do you have to get like, I have to wear a shirt and tie to get into this? And they're like, don't be stupid, man, you can get in with a t-shirt. And geez, I'm like, it's not like no nightclub I've been to in Newcastle. I remember this is like, like kind of like coming out of the late 80s, early 90s, where you, like, you have to, have to we'd have to wear a suit to get into everywhere. Oh, yeah, you, had to, like, you had to wear a suit to go on a plane. Yeah. You had to wear a suit to go into a bar or into just, a nightclub. You, just, you know, money. like you couldn't get in anywhere with jeans and dress. So I'm getting closer and closer at like the, the entrance doors. I'm just hearing this sound coming closer and closer and closer. I'm like, what the hell can I hear it's like all I can hear is like air horns and whistles surely not like I must be it must be in the tracks that's getting played open the doors and it was just like my god what's hit us it was just like a full on football match with like it was just like as if England had won the World Cup against Germany like you know, like 4-2 it was just like a wall of sound of whistles and horns with the most mental music going off ever all these lasses dressed in like swimming costumes and onesies and cat suits and just it just going absolutely nuts, lasers just searing the vision. I'm like, my God, what the hell is this? <laughs> and I was just like, that was it. From that point on, I was just completely sold. Uh, and it was love at first smell, probably. Like I mean, I'd heard a few poppers. of the, I'd heard, a, I'd heard a few of the tracks from like this. Well, what we thought was pirate radio station, Weir FM. Right. With like blackout session, Howie and SLP on like a Monday and a Wednesday night. And so I'd heard, heard tracks um, being played like Charlie. Um, by the prodigy and also like uh, Joey Beltram, I think like Energy Flash and Mentasm. Yeah. And I was like, my God, this this music's like nothing I've ever heard. It was like, it sounds like someone's recorded the Hoover going around the the house and just added like a, an Amiga like some key stabs over the top of it. I was like, my, I'm, surely I'm not going to hear this anywhere. And then I heard it at that at that at the resurrection. I was like, oh my God, this is like. The best thing I've ever heard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I really enjoyed the res I went to. I wish I was like into rave all the way back when people were doing. People were doing the initial ones, but uh, alas, I, I was uh, into, into rugby and beer. Um, <laughs> right, cool. So, um, what other memories do you have from that night at Resden? The thing is, is it used to be quite kind of like uncontrolled madness. So some of them early reses, they used to have like bring bouncy castles in and that. But have like no kind of like safety control, so people would be like jumping off the balcony 
at the Mayfair onto the bouncy castle below. Like the bouncy castle lasted for about like ten or fifteen minutes because oh. it was like in the first half an hour when everyone was off that tree, people were like jumping off the balcony to land on the bouncy castle and just completely deflated. I mean, you just never get away with that kind of shit now. Flipping heck, health and Absolutely mental. After about a first couple of reses where they did that, they're just like, this is a really, really bad idea. Someone's yeah. going to break their neck. Yeah, someone's going to proper hurt themselves doing that. Like. So of all this, uh, all the tunes you are listening to, and all the things you experience in your early reses, what tune particularly stands out? It's probably like it probably is like Charlie by the Prodigy, but it's before like anyone knew who the Prodigy were. It wasn't like oh, this is going to be an amazing track because the Prodigy. Yeah. It was like didn't even know what the band was called. Didn't know there was a band. Just thought well, it's one guy. Just know the advert though. You know, just but knew the advert from the seventies. You know the because Charlie said being being old misty eyed people that we are, we could remember these adverts yeah. from the like late seventies. Nostalgia cells. Nostalgia. Yeah. yeah, nostalgia cells, man. And, like well, I never even made the time. I never even made the Charlie connection at the time. I just thought, all right, it's Charlie from the air. Uh, it's from Charlie from the advert. Obviously, there was like a drug connection obviously there. Obviously, talk about the fat chocolate factory. <laughs> oh, obviously, <laughs> obviously that quote and roll doll. Like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, definitely yeah. the crack. Yeah, well, do you know what? It's another one of those rarities in a Prodigy song that we haven't actually played. We'll get through all of them at some point. Well, I'm pretty we're sure we're going to get through the whole back catalogue. Like, it'll be yeah. interesting to know when we're going to like tick that off on the podcast by episode 100, the whole back catalogue or something like that. We'll, we'll play every Prodigy track ever. Yeah, <laughs> that's another little accolade for the aim at. But hey, uh, here's a little bit of proper original old school 1991 bad boy Prodigy for you. This is... Is Charlie. <laughs> <laughs>
Way, that's a bit of prodigy for you. That was Charlie, and as we said, that's taken from your first rave memories from the Mayfair, from popping a red. Did you say it was Res Five? Resurrection Five, yeah. Um, August nineteen ninety one, I think. How can you remember Twenty second, twenty second of August nineteen ninety one. My brain's battered. I couldn't do that. I couldn't be like it was Glastonbury X this year. I can't do it. I've never been good with dates. I've always been bad at like forgetting birthdays and anniversaries and stuff like the that. The touts were making a mega packet of selling tickets for those reses over that summer of nineteen ninety one. Yeah. I remember a mate who bought like about t- ten extra tickets and sold them all at like double the price. Flipping like a kid from school called Hara. John Howe knows him, by the way. Oh, <laughs> he lives not too far from John Howe. <laughs> Neither one of the tickets were like fucking rocking horse shit then. Um, right, Sam, well, let's crack on um, uh, and talk a little bit about Festival Fever. So I know you've uh, you've had a go at doing things at festivals. You were Meltfest. Meltfest. <laughs> or you had, uh, didn't you do a Lindisfarne takeover a while ago we, as well? We, we did the Lindisfarne takeover last year, but the thing we did that was a bit crazier before that is when we did this thing called independence which was on july the 4th in 2008 right and that was supposed to like evolve first no no it was called independence right. but it wasn't independence it was in dependence right like it was a play on words but it was like about five tenths of like just like a uh, dance madness i think we had like a uh, Otherwise, and, and no one is Meltfest. <laughs> it was Meltfest. Melt 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 Meltfields. <laughs> Wirefields. Wire. For those that know, the DJ Wire. Our favourite DJ, Wire. Had a Wire sample and would just be like, what, Wire, what, 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 Wire, what, 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 Wire. All the way through. He said, if, if you haven't lived, if you haven't heard of Wire. Uh, no, anyway, so we did the, yeah, we did the um, Lindisfarne Detox takeover last year where we had Chris Liberator on. Um, nice. And that, yeah, that was that was good. That was cool. Um, so do you like a festival then? I do, but I don't get a st- I don't get a stay at them very long. <laughs> so I, I I don't think I can cope. I don't I think I can cope with them. I, I kind of go too hard, too too quickly at them. Uh, <laughs> and so I don't like pace myself over them. Ah, you need to sort your pace. Now. So you I need to sort your pace down over it. Uh, but so, but no, Linda's for last year was. Was, was really really good I quite like the ambience of it like floating around. But, but I had this like, really unusual thing happen because I went like the bar to get a drink and I was standing at the bar and I just looked to be right and I saw the director of finance from my day job stood at the bar dressed as a pirate I, I shit you not and it, he looked at me thinking is that who I think it is and I looked at him thinking is that who I think it is and then we Did spoke you... to each other oh. and then anyway what are you doing here and I says I'm helping one of the stages and I says what are you doing here dressed like a pirate and he says I'm just here enjoying myself and they were just both walked off into the night and never saw each other again. We shall never mention this again. Until, right? until Monday morning, in the lift at work. <laughs> <Getting. laughs> you gotta love those random meetups like that at a festival, haven't you? I mean, I, I, I hear a rumour that uh, Linda Swan's going to be absolutely banging this year as well. Though, oh, it's so. definitely going to be banging. Yeah, you, yeah. you might be able to see us at the front right speaker. If UEP's running around and pulls his horn out and blows into it. I'm going to be fucking firing me horn in people's faces <laughs> all hour. Oh. If it's not the horn, it's going to be my spout. Licking <laughs> my sexy spout juice all over your face, neck and chest. Codename Girth. <laughs> Yeah, he's going to cause bother. I'm sorry, folks, for introducing him to the megaphone, but um, it's, his, it's his new fit. Oh, shit, here we go. <laughs> Holy fuck, he could, like, the, the neighbours are just... Levels. Levels, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, okay, so um, let's talk about people you've actually seen at festivals and stuff like that. So who have you um, seen who was mint? Left field. Um, nice. 
I've seen Primal <coughs> Scream. Uh, I've seen the Prodigy at a few festivals, but I always preferred so them. So my ones are not terrible. Always prefer. Yeah. Always. Oh, I, 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 well, if you, can, if you class this as a festival, I went to the V Festival a few times. It's not but, really a festival. But I wouldn't. If, if it's got, co- if, I wouldn't. If you feel it's got a carpet, that's yeah, not a festival. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't really class it as like an out-and-out festival. It's more like a kind of like oh. a cosy, a cosy campsite for mi- <laughs> middle-class people. A carpeted fucking field. This last one. The one there, they put green carpet all over the thing where you could peg your tent on top of it so people's trainers didn't get dirty. Fucking hell. That that's that's not what a festival's about. Oh, I just... saw I saw the I saw the prodigy at, at the V Festival and they were they were quite good, but that was right about like the time when they just like not long after they'd done the um the fat like the fat of the lands yeah. stuff. Um I always preferred like, the prodigy in kind of like a smaller setting. I'm trying to think yeah. of that. Like the Mayfair. Oh. I've seen kind of like Happy Mondays, Black Grape, and that at festivals before. They, they, I'm always Who? quite, always quite impressed by uh, Sean Ryder and Bez and that and Kermit. I like their energy. I love the. You gotta love a bit of Sean Ryder, man. He was so, ma- you know, that dare that he did. With oh, the dare! It's yeah, a banger. Yeah, it's, it's a banger. Apparently, he was so fucked when he was there that he could barely spit his lyrics out. And I'm sure all he says is, "I'm coming up. I'm coming up. It's there." Yeah, no, he is. doesn't say much, but apparently he was so mortal he could hardly handle himself on set, which is amazing. No, I love a bit of the gorillas. Like I love, I love that whole project. Um, so yeah, let's talk about the tune that you've picked in. So what is it about this one tune, maybe without revealing it, that gets you in the festival mood? Uh, so so what I like about this is like most of the tracks quite instrumental in its nature, and it kind of represented a time when. Dance music started fusing with kind of like what I would call like indie music. Right. So you had people doing it like, like Left Field were doing a bit of it and Underworld were doing a bit of it. But you'd have like bands that were traditionally been like, kind of like a bit of indie and they, they almost started like discovering. Well, I think basically they discovered like raves and taking drugs. And basically by <laughs> experiencing that, they kind of brought that into their music. Yeah. Um, To the, to the, to the air. Uh, it became a positive influence on the music, really, because I, I hate kind of like things being p- pigeonholed as particular genres. Oh, this is just this kind of music, or this is just this kind of music. I like music that just like overlaps like a big like a big tapestry, and you can't really pigeonhole it. I like what we were saying earlier when you're squeezing as many genres yeah. as you can into one song. Yeah. So so that's kind of like, but th- this this track that we're going to mention shortly, it's this kind of like represented for me kind of like my peak kind of time of like going out and, and going to raves and that and this is like a track that kept popping up all the time and at first I didn't know who it was by because as I say there's so few like ly- like lyrics on it until later in the in the in the track I to identify to, it. it but but it's just got such a melody and it, 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 I defy anyone to, to to hear this and not feel kind of like quite like elated and put in a good mood by it I, I just think it's like the perfect kind of like summer song and I always whack it on in the car and uh, me little lad when he was like two or three, the only couple of tracks he liked were by this group. All oh, right. And, and mainly these melodies and and some of the samples that were in in the tracks as well. Sweet. So, so it must it, it must be good on all levels if it's kid friendly as well. If the bands are enjoying it, you know, it takes a little bit of the stress off. But hey, I'll tell you what. Why don't we stop teasing everyone? And why don't you tell them exactly what we're How about we do? Whack it out. Yeah. It's uh, Primal Screams come together. Uh, the full le- length album track off the Screamadelica album. Nice. Amazing. Yeah. Sweet. Let's get it on. We are 
there we can. That was a bit of Primal Scream, and I, I like the sort of acid spangled video that accompanies that on YouTube at the minute as well. It's very, uh, it's really ravey, as you were saying, despite it being like a big indie band song, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah. It, the thing, the thing that I used to like look a lot at the sleeve notes of the tracks, and obviously Andy Weatherall got like big credit for for the production on that album on the Screamadelic album. And God knows what he was taking, because honestly, the, the 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 whole soundscape he created around that album was just absolutely tremendous. Yeah, yeah, sound. Yeah, well, let's crack on to one of my favorite parts of the podcast. This is section five, which we call the shared discovery section. So, obviously, being someone who puts on nights, you listen to a lot of music. Is there anyone out there who you think deserves a little bit more love than you think they get? Um, as I say this, accompanied by. The, the, the voices of Biker, can you hear the, the sirens blaring in the whoop, background? Whoop. It's the sound of the police, that guy. It is, it's the, so- the sound of the police on the NE4 Street. KLF's going to rock you. <laughs> Sweet, so yeah, share discovery. Um, is there someone out there who you'd like to see get more of? It, yeah, there's this group called, well, group of artists called Terra Firma, and why I've picked this is it's off a label uh, called Platypus. And this label's really kind of like the original, what I would class as the original kind of like, it's trance, but people who associate with trance music would go, ooh, that's not trance. But if you look back at the evolution of music, it is what trance was originally before it became this big hands in the air, ooh, Ferry Corsten, Martin Garrix, kind of like, you know, Euro trance, like Kitty Rave trance. But I don't think Platypus as a label runs anymore, but like, Every artist on there, without question, the, the creativity and the sounds that produced and the, the material was like amazing. And like, me, like one or two tracks would like potentially chart or get it on radio on airplay. Mm. But like the the albums that they released, like any of the artists, they never like blew up big. But they're like, to, uh, like most of the albums that were released on that uh, label are just pure works of art. And even the covers are even more works of art if you were like tripping your tits off you you'd look at them covers and have like the wild wildest ride ever it's like the, to me it's like the, it's, it's what side trance has kind of like become now is right. what platypus was doing in the kind of like 90s cool yeah and okay. what paul oakenfold i think kind of like cleverly ripped off and got like most of the credit for for like the goa trance sound all oh, right okay I've like I've never been one for trance. I mean, there's a time and place for side trance, and there's like one field at the Glade Festival where you're allowed to be a hippie. And I'm steered well away from it. Yeah, <laughs> Adiel just me and Adiel walk through it, so playing the fuck you playing the wizard fucking, game and blowing bugles at them. Fuck but you and your fucking fire boy. But the thing is, is a lot of this like what would be you know pigeonholed as kind of like a uh, trance. If you listen to it, the track that's picked, you'd think oh. This is like by a classical artist or something. Do you know what I mean? This track, it's this is not that kind of thing. It's just that that's why these artists were so very very creative. But they probably made no money at all. <laughs> but but they're like the pure pure geniuses. I but like you know there's making money from doing shit music, and then there's making the music you want to make and getting the re- uh, Indeed, like, yeah. getting Indeed. the reputation for that, which I think is probably bit more rewarding. Like, so uh, what is this track? Uh, this is called the Poet. And it's just like one of the most beautiful tracks you'll ever hear. I love the name of the album, Turtle Crossing. It's, like, <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's, it's a very spiritual in nature. If you look at the cover, I think the cover's got like an Inca statue on it. Oh. So it's very like, yeah, I think it's meant to be quite spiritual. Yeah. Cool. 
Well, let's get it on then. Um, uh, this is by Terra Firma um, uh, on the wonderful Platypus Records and tune is called The Poet.
入池塘，水清莲动，微风起，满架蔷薇。Ladies and gentlemen, trolls and squirrels, children of all ages, it's time for the most confusing segment on the whole of the internet. It's time for Adi versus Gav. Oh, he's not even going to clap and stuff. No, it's too hot. It's too hot. <laughs> too hot for clapping. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. We're down to Adi versus Gav again. Um, thank you for your suggestions and bits and pieces going forward. Um, Adi's going to sour face on because Adi actually broke the rules on this one. Um, uh, the last time out, we decided to try and play a track we hadn't played on the podcast by artists who were playing at Lindisfarne, and Addy chose to play on a ragatip, and it looked we've looked back over the archives, and we've already played on a ragatip. So I got disqualified. Addy's been, I won, by won, the way. He did win. I by, won. He won by but, a few percent on the last day. Uh, but I did get disqualified. <laughs> but I'm, I'm still your five-time, five-time, five-time Addy versus Gav champion. Yeah. 5-2 at the minute, so 7 times out, 5 times out he's won, so he's still on top, and hey, we've got a banging suggestion this time out, um, which was, find the track with the filthiest Eamon, thank you, you've got it, that's amazing, um, so, uh, did you go first or did I go first last time? I think I went first. Right, okay, it is my turn, and I've delved into the big bag of Eamon's, and I've looked back over the history of local houses and where we've enjoyed music and stuff like that. And I've gone for a tune, which is like a memory tune for a lot of people of a house um, in Heaton called Warm Mowbray Street. Oh, um, grab string along the nostalgia here, like. <laughs> So the Warm Mowbray Street banner was just class parties, mint music, good lads, always fun, always good crack, stand, sitting on the fucking rooftop. All the shenanigans. Yeah, and just good boys. So big up to the lads who were there all the time. And the tune is one of those like Mowbray, Mowbray anthems, as they were called them at the time. Um, the tune is by the Debaser. And it's called Hills and Valleys, and it's got some absolutely sickening amens in it, and it's got an absolutely wicked vocal cut taken from a bourgeois band on track. Um, it's absolutely mint, and that is my suggestion. Well, it's a good suggestion. It's good, Thank but it's you. not right. Oh. As always, I will always come up with the best suggestion, and this one is straight up fucking fire. Not even fucking dicking around with your nostalgia. <laughs> Capital J, anti-up <laughs> remix, VIP. Boom. Yeah, that's uh, to be fair, that is an absolutely sickening fucking tune. So you've done really well, mate. Um, the post, as always, will be pinned on our Facebook page probably a couple of days after we get back from Lindisfarne. This is going to go out while we're in the field at Lindisfarne. I might be able to pull myself together enough to, uh, to, to do post some social media things. Yeah, yeah. Right. I might, I might see if I can save it in some sort of way so I can just bash post, it out. Post it later. Yeah. We'll work that out as it comes. But hey, um, Guy who's going to be playing at Lindisfarne, who we've already had on the podcast, who is an absolute top bloke to us and is looking forward to getting dressed as a Viking and going on the rave, is Ian from Dream Frequency. And the tune we're blasting out is going to be called Euphoria. Let's go. Our options have not changed. We can either respond to the pack led demand or not. We can either use force. Or not. Allowing them access to our computer is a complete breach of security. Then force it must be. 
Beyond the Roof podcast is available absolutely everywhere mm-hmm. to download and you can get in touch with us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, yep. facebook.com forward slash on the rave. You can find us on Twitter at on the rave. You can find us on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash on the rave. We are on Instagram. That's my favourite one then. Where you can find us on the rave with Addy and Gav where you can see pictures of what Addy's been doing during the week. Shenanigans. Shenanigans. 
Uh, we are powered by Podbean and fueled by Facebook Snacks. Don't forget that you can go into Ridley Place, wander down that spiral staircase, and scream at Dom's on the rave, and she will give you ten percent off all oh, of your cookies oh, and oh, snacks. Oh, oh, oh goodness! Oh, it's section good. six of the On the Rave podcast is the time when I ask my warm and shiny compatriot to my left to set the scene. Oh, so shiny! Oh, so shiny! Right then, Mr. Belt. You are downstairs on a boat somewhere in Durham. <laughs> There's some hornhouse shenanigans downstairs. You make your way up a little short ladder onto a thing. There's someone pretending to be the Hulk getting kicked off the boat after drinking way too much upstairs. You get going upstairs. There's some fucking DJs playing awesome, awesome tunes. And they just drop the best tune you've ever heard in your life. Are your hands in the air? Are you screw facing down? Oh, By the way, Spunter's uh, there. <laughs> he was there! He, he was, was there. there! Oh, where were you? Where were you in 92? <laughs> I was there. Were you there, Addy? Big up Spunter if you're listening. We love you. Where were you? Did you die outside of Shindig in 1994? <laughs> he's diving over us. But now, now he's back. back. This is, I met him when we did uh, the Mark Archer or the yes. Slip Mat. Was it what? Slip, it was Slip Mat. It was Slip Mat. And uh, he told me that story and it still confuses me uh, to this day how he died in 94, but he's still here. Now he's back. Yeah. He can't uh, keep a good spud down. He had too many sweaters on and he had a bomber speed and he flatlined for five minutes and woke up in hospital and was in a coma for two weeks. He didn't sound like Davy Stott. <laughs> 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 if anyone gets that Vic uh, and Bob's big night out reference, then you're a fucking legend in the press. But he so, was there. Where oh, were you? <laughs> were you there? So what's your crack then, Dave? If the tune hits, are you one of these who gets their armpits out, or do you look at the floor and wag your fucking two sweet fingers? Like what that? what I probably do is probably throw my hands in the air, pour a pint of beer on my head, accidentally damage someone's decks, and then have to pay fifty pounds for the repair of them. So that's a hands in the air. That is definitely an arms in the air moment. There we go. No matter how much chaos caused. That's an arms in the air Definitely. Moment. And what sort of tunes do it for you then? Uh, well, um, dig right in there. Just, just pure piano screamers. So stuff like the, just oh. mentioned previously. Um, Dream Frequency, Take Me to the Top. <sighs> right. Stupid. Right. Monster. Just stupid. As soon as Monster. them piano anthems drop. Um, it's that big gospel anthem that goes behind it as well. Prodigy ones like Wind It Up or Out of Space. Wind It Up. Um, Hardcore rope tied together. Oh yeah, absolute classic. Um, trying to think. Of, so any anything by like Shades of Rhythm. Pick uh, up John Howe. <laughs> stuff by like Moby as well. Some of some of the some of the uh, early Moby stuff. He was a piece some, back in the day before he had some bangers before he before went, he went out and did adverts. It was all the meditation and stuff like that. Yeah, before he, so. before he went like vegan and and um, started like doing <laughs> licensing all his music to film soundtracks. Not that we're calling any listeners who are vegans dicks or anything. No, like no, that. that's not a problem. No, no, but pre-vegan. And if you want to license us for film soundtracks, we'll more, I'll take your money. Yeah. But but pre-vegan, he was definitely a more euphoric. Yeah. So, so which tune is it? Yeah, so which tune by Moby would particularly get you to fungus? Well, actually, when, when I totally lost it the first time this tune, I didn't realise it was Moby because on the vinyl that was released, it's ultra-high frequency, by ultra-high frequency. But when you look at the kind of credits, you realise it is by... Like, it's it, it's basically a guise for Moby. Um, and it used to get played on Weir FM and at the Resurrection all the time, most notably by, like, uh, the likes of Howie. 
um, and it's just the piano dropping it is just something else. Yeah. And like as soon as that piano would drop, the whole place would just stomp the place crazy. Yeah, it's one of those things where an artist just decides to bang something a little bit too different out under another alias, isn't it? Like, but it was so. kind of out about the same time as Moby Go, so I could never understand why he released it as UHF by UHF. But I mean, people used, to, people used to do that then, and it was good because people would buy, the, buy it on the strength of the tune rather yeah. than the strength of the artist. Mint, well, there we go. I'll tell you what, let's stop teasing everyone. Um, the just tune is by Ultra High Frequency, and it's called... UHF. <laughs> nice.
well, there you have it. That's the bald man with the massive square glasses. So old school shenanigans. Yeah, it's an absolute belter, that one, to be fair. Um, Just one of those moments where I think if that comes on in a crowd and I'm in a sweaty, ravey mess, then I'm probably flinging my fucking arms up as well, like Addy. Uh, Let's crack on with section seven of the podcast. We normally keep this one nice and short and sweet. This is the dedication. So what is your dedication? Why is it a spudder? I didn't think I was dedicated to Spudder. <laughs> That's a new joke, don't you know? <laughs> so the tra- uh, the dedication's uh, a lesser known track. It's a prodigy track called Thunder off the Invaders Must Die album. And why I've picked this is, is although this is later in the prodigy's, prodigy's career, this could quite easily sit alongside any of the material on the Experience album. Um, and I'd like to dedicate this one to... Uh, Keith Flint. Okay. Yeah, that sounds. It's 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 good enough. Yeah, if, yeah. if it wasn't going to be Spudder, uh, Keith Flint's a close second. Yeah, that's it. I I mean, yeah. Have we done a Keith Flint dedication? Didn't Don think... dedicate a track to Keith Flint? Yeah. I yeah. Think so I, I think, think so. Did. That's cool. That's we're just showing the guy more love. Like yeah, yeah. it's just more love for the like. This this podcast might as well be called the On the Prodigy podcast. It It's cool. We're bashing out a lot. Yeah, cool. Well, I tell you what, then, and and who? No, you've just said who the fucking dedication was. So what am I like? So I tell you what. Why don't you uh, introduce her into this one with with your dedication and the name of the track? So, so basically, it's the Prodigy, and it's called Thunder off the Invaders Must Die album, um, dedicated to Keith Flint. Sweet. Let's get it on. Thank you. 
well, there you have it. That's a bit of uh, more recent Prodigy for everyone. Uh, that's the dedication going out. Uh, thank you very much to the Prodigy for your continued service to our podcast. <laughs> Section 8 is the bone of contention. That is... It's Guilty Pleasures, Gav! So, what, where do you stand on Guilty Pleasures? Do you believe they exist? Do you have many? Even out of music, do you have? But the way I look at it is, is no music's bad music if you enjoy listening to it. And it a lot of people are saying the same foot. thing. So it's kind of like, I don't really, from Bikina, That's all shite. I don't, I don't really think. I don't really think music needs this kind of politics. The way I look at it is, is if you if you want to dance to it, it's good music for you personally. Ah, if you want to dance to it, fucking own it. You know yeah, what I mean. But um, this the re- there's a number of different layers as to why why this kind of like group. It's my, it's my guilty pleasure, right. um, and it, it, it not necessarily to do with like like the music or the fact that this this band's got two absolutely hot front women. It's kind of that's not my guilty pleasure because I know a lot of people into this group because of like the people who front the band. Also, oh, you're more interested in the bloke with the big handlebar. Tash no, I'm and the not into that either. <laughs> I mean, they're like the concept behind the band, and that right. and that they never actually split up. They just like disappeared and never said like that's it. We're over. We're finished. So they could always bring it back. A bit like me saying, this is always the final one. Or, yeah, yeah, it's the very last one. And it's never the last one. Well, no, Backlash is dead. Backlash (laughs) is dead, though. This time it is. This time it's definitely fucking, it's definitely dead this time. Backlash is definitely dead. <laughs> I just, I'm just putting it out there. I don't always think it's a good thing to say things are like ended in case you ever bring them back, because otherwise you end up like Danny Ramplin. Or, it's all right. We can do zombie raves again. Or, it's fine. You can too. Or you end up with like these DJs who've retired more times than enough, and they keep yeah. unretiring. Or MCs who said they've retired three times and still get booked for gigs like me. <laughs> um, right, cool. So you've teased a little bit about it. Um, I fucking hate this band. Uh, everything about this band reminds me of awkward social events at weddings and people dancing around handbags. Oh. And I just fucking, Kids sliding on the knees. Yeah, ruining their trousers that their parents paid a fucking fortune for just for the wedding. And Jimmy, what are you doing? And just, yeah, like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a fan. And I understand you're not a fan either. I'm not particularly taken with them. But you know, we do this have, is why this is a guilty pleasure, I suppose. We, we do have a particularly good Abba story, though, don't we? Oh, the Abagaba, we've told this before. Though. Have we told the Abagaba yeah, story before? before? Right, sounds so we'll spoil it for everyone and said that it's Abba. Like, what the, what the, why Abba? Why? why? I, I, I like a lot of the tracks are like very, very like melodic instrumental music. I, for me, it's good driving music where I used to have to drive. On business. For me, lime wax is driving players. music. The what? <laughs> For me, it's lime wax. That's good driving <laughs> music. Good music to have on But what, what, what is also good is, is there's a lot of like unknown remixes that exist, not modern day remixes of these tracks, extended mixes that were out at the time. And you'll often hear fun size Johnny playing them at his mate's weddings. And the only two people who know the tracks are probably me and fun size Johnny. And, 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 uh, We'll get ourselves super excited and probably have accidents in my pants when we're pouring over these these Johnny definitely does these exclusive mixes that no one else has heard of <laughs> in my zoot suits at weddings, which is like an interesting link to what Gav said. Remind them at weddings, but in this instance, yeah. it's quite funny when you hear Johnny dropping this obscure ABBA mix and it goes on for like fifteen minutes. I don't know how angry I could be at fun size Jobby, Johnny dropping Jobby. ABBA. Fun size Jobby. <laughs> or did I just refer to him as a little Sorry. condom? <laughs> like, um, 
Talking a fun size Johnny, the funniest story I've ever got about Johnny is he once copped off a, copped off with a lass at one of the legendary Pitt Street parties and uh, he didn't believe she was old enough to cop off with. So he actually asked her if, if he could see her passport for identification. True stories. <laughs> and he asked her for ID. She got her passport out and proved she was of an old enough age to engage in kind of copping off activities. That's fucking hilarious. Hence the reason he's sometimes known as Passport Boy. Passport boy. <laughs> no, he's, he's definitely going to be fun size passport for me. Like. Fun size Hasselhoff. Right, okay then. So as soon as this has turned into like a little sort of romantic moment between you and fun size Johnny, why don't you lean forward towards the microphone slightly and tell him really romantically the name of this song. Lay all your love on me. Okay. <laughs>
E well, there you go. Sorry Bart for the lack of enthusiasm. A bit of Abba. Yeah. No enthusiasm for Abba. Still not as bad as Pez's choice, but hey, who will it? Oh, well, there you go. So, Addy officially rates Robbie Williams as worse than Abba. So, yes. Um, uh, it looks like you're sitting at number two. Are you happy with number two? Arms in the air. There you go. Number there two is are. a respectable <laughs> place to be. It did it did you two no harm for years. When were we number two? No, you, you two. Oh, the group you two. Oh, oh no, you in the you. edge. As oh. Oh, you two. As in, Lemon. <laughs> Oh, well, fair play. I fucking hate you too as well. They, so, they used to stiff at number two regularly and I used to say to me, mate, are you not bothered that number one? And I used to get told off. My mate, it was a massive U2 fan. They're too good to be at number one. Oh, dear. Sounds oh, like a piss excuse. Oh, dear. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, let's roll into section nine. Um, so we're coming towards the end of the podcast and it's the time that we start talking about... Goats! So, uh, um, when it comes to goats, uh, the greatest of all time... Uh, do you, like, uh, was it a difficult decision? It was, actually, because I was torn between a couple of artists. Yeah. Right. Uh, I was torn between either David Bowie or this oh, one. Oh, God, would no. have I himself. would have been so happy. He would have pissed Bowie. his neck out. That, well. that would have been a third David Bowie, and that might it was, have took it, it, it was very, very close to, 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 to having David Bowie. You just got edged out by this this gentleman. Oh, what a bugger. Oh, well, never mind. Uh, well, it just leaves me in Dream Frequency to be the Bowie nonsense. Yeah. That's, that's a weird way to put it, isn't it? Um, to be the Bowie addict. And if you want to come along and join the Dream Frequency and Gav's Bowie nonsense, come along with <laughs> Linda's Ford Festival at the Nonce Fest. <laughs> That's it. Come and see. Come Bowie Nonce Fest. Come and see. Where, it's a very know? small tent. Yeah. If you're really, really nice, I'll let you draw a lightning bolt on your face, but not with a shot. Gav, Dream Frequency, David Bowie and Mick Jagger and a Mars bar. Oh, and a Coca-Cola can. Like, <laughs> doing that advert in the middle of... Oh, fucking, yeah. Oh, well, that's cheered us up that it could have been Bowie. But, hey, you went for someone slightly different. So what was it about this artist that put him just above Bowie? But you're wrong, by the way. But, uh, <laughs> this guy's just, like, a total creative genius. Plays all his own instruments, produces, arranges everything, and never defined by one style. It's just kind of, like, constantly moving it forwards, totally evolving everything probably can't be pigeonholed i mean a lot of people would say he's he's obviously he's no longer with us but a lot of people would say he's he's you know his best days were behind him but i always found that he was just constantly moving moving his music forwards you know what i mean you'd, you'd buy an album by this guy it was never the same as the previous one but it was always like moments of genius on every single thing that he did sweet okay well do you want to spoil for everyone who it is it's a uh, prince there we go. That's the second time someone's dedicated, and recently as well. Yeah. Uh, because our wonderful sponsor at Basement Snacks. Hi, Dons. Hi, Dons. Remember, you can get 10% off all your snacks and coffee and things. If you go in there, go down the spiral staircase and shout, on oh, the rave, Anna, and she'll give you some fucking tasty snacks and that. She will, Some yeah. good background. And the, the, food, the food's canny mint every time. Oh, like, it's proper good. And the coffee's proper good. We had a mad coffee last time that was brewed in a big metal... Thing, right. the big metal kettle thing it was lovely wasn't it lush yeah proper good um so yeah thank you dons and again it's another it's another prince so like do you want to talk a little bit about the track and why you chose this track and why you think it best represents prince um so the track i've picked is purple rain obviously off the purple rain album but like the full length album version it's just i do it's like the perfect kind of like dance rock crossover anthem um just completely epic do you know what I mean I defy anyone to listen to this and not be moved by it um, 
how on earth he wrote something like this at the age of like 23, 24 just defies logic and I'd say it just proves he's a genius on every single level. It's written with a sense of pain that one doesn't experience until one's older, I think. Do you know, do, do you know like, it's, it sounds like he's a fucking 50-year-old crooner who's been through everything in his life and he's just a sprightly 24-year-old who thinks he's had it tough. It's just, well, it's, the thing is, is though, I mean, he's just multi-instrumentalist, and I mean, when you look at most of the credits on most of his tracks, even though for a while he kind of like was making these albums with the Revolution, you'd still find that most of the tracks, like, most of the instruments and everything was played by him. Okay. And I mean, to be sitting there like at, at the age of 23, 24, with a six-album deal off Warner Brothers and allowed to produce a range, everything yourself, it's just completely oh, unheard of. Yeah, I mean, it would never happen. Would never happen. Yeah. Yeah. People are lucky to get two album deals yeah. these days, juxtaposed to getting a six-album deal like that that's yeah. so long-running. Right, sound. Um, well, let's play a bit of Purple Rain for everyone. Um, if you want, pause the podcast now and go and watch the ridiculous video for it and get all emotional and soppy. Um, but you soppy cunts. <laughs> go and fall in love with Apollonia. There we go. So, Prince, Purple, Purple Rain. Rain.
way, not for the first time today, not for the first time on the podcast, but that was a bit of Prince, um, and that was Purple Rain, the beauty that is Purple Rain, Eddie. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah. Nice arrangement. Good crack. We love a bit of, we love a bit of goat action here on the podcast. Bah. Wait, we've managed to weasel our way all the way to the end of another podcast, lads. Oh, it's been hot. It ha- it's, it's a hot, hot, sweaty bastard of a day. I am fucking dripping. There's, there's some fucking imagery for you. I know, I know you can't see where. Just picture the sweatiest, most dreadlocks Geordie you can, and that'll be about right. I need to slide my tongue around a fab. A fat round a fab, Lolly. I don't even think I've got fab lollies in. The, fr- the fridges are empty. Haven't been out of the house for f- well, grafting and stuff like that. Tis. Let's get on with section 10. Um, uh, which, Addy... It's time. <laughs> that's right. It's a two and a one, I got. Yeah, it is. That's right. Uh, this is the moment where Meltz chose to play his wild card. Wild card. It's, it's, it's wild card time. So you've gone for two separate personal anthems. Have I? It's a good job he's seen the paperwork. So, okay. uh, what we'll do is we'll go through the first one and then we'll have get a Chris Kamara moment there. Are we having a cami moment? <laughs> Unbelievable, Jeff! <laughs> Was it Jeff? <laughs> Was it Ian? <laughs> right, sound. So, yeah, you've gone for two. Yeah, you can see that. He's leaning forward to try and see the laptop that's glaring in the sun through the windows, <laughs> right, which is okay. why we're all melting in here. So, uh, you've gone for two personal anthems. Um, personal anthems to us are tunes that like you absolutely buzz on or that other people might associate with you. So, um, I see, not for the first time on this show or on this podcast, that we've got a bit of Prodigy inbound. What is it about this Prodigy track that particularly uh, gets you going? And that's a Prodigy hat trick for the day. It well, is. I'll tell you what struck us with this one again, right? I, I I first heard this track on the radio, and I hadn't heard who I hadn't heard announced as any artist. I just heard it on the radio back in like '94. I, th- I think Pete Tong might have been playing it on his show, but I just flicked Pete Tong. He's got power <laughs> on, and then I heard this playing. I was like, "What on earth is this? This is the most mental tune I've ever heard. I need to go out and buy this now." Yeah, yeah. And then it got announced who it was. I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe it's like there." It sounded like such a change in sound. It sounds like they moved the sound forwards. And it was like, as I say, it was like the Prodigy, and it's no good start the dance, which has oh, like an amazing sample. Um, and it's just like. Obviously, the change direction laid on guitars um, took the music a bit more metal, really. Um, I'd heard at the time that the reason Liam Howlett took it that sound is because he was listening to a lot of Rage Against the Machine as the toured across America. All right. And it obviously showed up at that music. But this song is just like, you cannot be on the dance floor and hear this and not absolutely lose your shit. Right. Agreed? Yeah, sounds I don't think we need to see anything wrong. No, really. no, let's play a bit of Prodigy and then you can tell more about your other personal anthem. Uh, so, <laughs> So this is <laughs> the prodigy. No good. Start the dance.
way for the Prodigy hat rig. That's a canny, canny way to. I'll give you a ball to your coat for the Prodigy hat rig, but we'll have got one. Yeah, that's it. You'll have to, you'll have to put up with our uh, admiration, I suppose. I'll take what a Gav's uh, Star Wars memorabilia. Yeah, he's uh, Dave's really enjoying this room full of Star Wars memorabilia. Actually, you have turned up in Star Wars t-shirts. We have, right, <laughs> purely coincidentally. Both addict Star Wars t-shirts yeah, today. They're both wearing Star Wars t-shirts, and like for those who are on Patreon and saw, we're sharing a studio. We've got. Six foot cardboard cut out of Boba Fett, six foot cardboard cut out of uh, Han Solo, a little uh, R2-D2 and a full stand full of Star Wars memorabilia. I'm surprisingly close to Han Solo's weapon here. He is, yeah. Andy's crotch. Um, Let's crack on with, yeah, two and a one. So you've called for another personal anthem. Um, uh, What was it about this track that makes it your personal anthem? What's unusual about this is when I first heard this track, I did again. I didn't realize who it was. I heard it on the radio. It was at the time I was kind of like just uh, moving from going to conventional, have to wear a suit and tie to get into this totally square nightclub experience of the late eighties yeah. to start to kind of like encounter these things called raves. And this is one of the first tracks I kind of like heard in and around kind of like the Acid House era. Um, and then I found out later it was it was. It was sung by one of my favourite groups, Frighty Goes to Hollywoods, the backup vocalist, Paul Rutherford's. Ah. But, he, but whilst Frighty Goes to Hollywood were kind of like taking a hiatus, this guy was kind of getting into the whole kind of like burgeoning London acid house house scene that was starting to like, you know, appear right. around about like 87, 88, yeah. when Frighty Goes to Hollywood were kind of like falling apart due to internal disputes and that. Um, and he just embraced this whole the whole shoom thing with Danny Ramplin and Boy George and all them kind of people and Paul Oakenfold and that when Spectrum and Shoom were going on and to me this is like the quintessential acid house track by former Frankie Ghost Hollywood vocalist who should have had like a much bigger career than he did off the back of this kind of music right sweet ah nice good little descriptor there um, so I'll tell you what let's <coughs> blast the track out um, it's been lush sitting and talking to you Dave um, don't forget that if you want to come to Dave's event, which is Detox, Detox we have tickets, haven't we, to, just to give away? We have tickets to give away if you hold on till the very end of the podcast. After this last tune, we'll tell you exactly how you can how get your mitts it. on a pair of tickets. Um, but, as I said, it's been lovely sitting down and chatting with you. Come to Detox on Friday the 13th to come and get on the rave with Addy Gav and Dave Melt on the rave. This track is by Paul Rutherford and it's called Get Real.
Don't let them get you down Get up and stand your ground every 
Beyond the Riff podcast is available absolutely everywhere mm-hmm. to download and you can get in touch with us on social media you can find us on Facebook yep. facebook.com forward slash on the rave you can find us on Twitter at on the rave you can find us on YouTube youtube.com forward slash on the rave we are on Instagram. That's my favourite one then. Where you can find us on the rave with Addy and Gav where you can see pictures of what Addy's been doing during the week. Shenanigans. Shenanigans. Uh, we are powered by Podbean and fueled by Basement Snacks. Don't forget that you can go into Ridley Place, wander down that spiral staircase and scream at Dom's on the rave and she will give you 10% off all, all of your cookies oh, and oh, snacks. Oh, oh, goodness. Good. Oh, it's good. E well, Addy, we've managed to crack off another one of these whole fucking podcast things. So we've spoken out again. We have, yeah. That's the twenty seventh of these hardcore histories. Woo! So uh, they're just mounting up at the minute. Um, uh, we hope everyone's having a good time, and we thank anyone for stopping by and for listening and sharing. That's Put up really with our shade nice. for another couple hours. Yeah, that's right. Um, special big up to our patrons. We'll keep saying big ups and thank yous until we get some more. Until we well, and then we'll and then we'll say even well. more. Even more names. More so, and more and more. Ollie Coops, we love you. Uh, thank you very much for contributing to the rave. Um, we've got tickets to give away. How so, do you do that, Gav? Well, in association with Detox's next event, the 18th birthday, we've got a couple more tickets to give away for you. Uh, this time we're going to do one of those like, share, subscribe banners. So, what we want you to do, like the On The Rave Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash On The Rave. Go to the event for Detox, Detox's 18th birthday on Facebook, and share the event. When you share the event, we want you to tag who's going to get your spare ticket. Like, share, tag, and You've got to add, add, add that name to our event page, really, because otherwise we wouldn't know where it is and who it is. Yeah, so there you go. Tag your friends on our on Facebook page. Tag your friends on our Facebook page. Um, <coughs> and we will sort out some tickets. We'll put that on for seven days or something like that. Seven days, probably um, from next Friday. From the day this comes out. So you'll have seven days from the day this comes out. And I will get in touch with you to sort out the details. Um, as we said from the from the mix, thank you for anyone who tuned in. Mark Story, you won the tickets, mate. I'm going to send you a message get all your details so we can get your tickets sorted out as well um, that being said we've got to the end of another one of these motherfucking shows and it's time for Addy to put his dirty motherfucking digits into a motherfucking leather bag of motherfucking science well after digging around and finding a few things that were fucking probably scientific Q hit me up with an absolute destroyer Go from buy three some heavy wonderful wonderful yes yes Go buy his hot sauce he- Go buy his hot sauce it's amazing by three wonderful artists as a collective called Third Kind. And this is a fucking scientific, snary cunt of a tune. This is called <laughs> The Fix. <laughs> Sweet. I don't see a better way to end the show than with that. So, um, you've been tuned in to the On The Rave podcast. My name is Gav. I'm Addy. And it is time for us to officially say that we are Off The Rave. Once you begin to appreciate the structure There's no reason to believe that anything about us can't be changed. Pain can be destroyed. The mind can be solved. Oh.
Uh, I believe in this treatment. And I believe in the idea that we can all be... Uh, fixed. This is Mark Archer from Alternate. Hi, this is Ian from Dream Frequency. This is Slipmat, and you're in tune to the On The Rave. On The Rave. On The Rave! Podcast. Watch your bass fins, I'm telling you.